Well, here we are. This is our second video talking about the major event St. Basil the Great is going to be putting on in early February, where the JP2 Healing Institute will come to our parish to put on one of their events called Healing the Whole Person. And we're very happy to be the setting, the stage, the environment where this great retreat will be put on. And so this is our second video. The first video, we just wanted to give kind of like a snapshot of a bunch of different things of some ideas of what it could cover and what it will be about. And in this video, we hope we hope to go a little bit deeper just to help you see like, okay, this is the kind of place in my life that this retreat will speak to. And now you didn't just read some online review. And you're like, oh, these people sound good. And there's a long waiting list. Must be good. Let's bring them in. Like a Yelp? <laughs> like a Catholic Yelp? <laughs> no, you have uh, some personal experience here. Yeah. So, um... I went on, the, the main work the JP2 Healing Institute does is with priests. It's called Holy Desire. It's a week-long retreat just for priests. They offer it two to three times a year. When they go to parishes, they offer something called Healing the Whole Person. That's what will happen at St. Basil's. It's the parish event. Yeah. But I'm going to be, I went on the Holy Desires retreat about two years ago. And about 22 priests down in Tallahassee, Florida. And Dr. Bob Schutz and Sister Miriam Heidland, who are the presenters for the JP2 Institute, Healing Institute, they presented to us. And one of the things that I, I really appreciated about them is they taught me about kindness and curiosity. And I didn't realize it, but I was treating my inner life with, instead of kindness and curiosity, impatience and judgment. Like, I don't have time for this. Say, that, say this again. Instead of? Instead kindness. of kindness and curiosity, mm-hmm. I had impatience and judgment on myself. Right. And the way it would look would be something like this. I'd have uh, anger at the way someone treated me in a meeting or in an interaction. All right. And then I'd be like, I, 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 I can't be angry. I don't have time to be angry. I got things I got to do. And I would just like, that's just annoying and bad. And I just want to shove it away. And what they taught me was that that movement in me in response to anger or annoyance, that is not the way Jesus relates to me or to anyone. And if that's the case, that means right in my own inner attitudes, I'm breaking communion with Jesus. And all of his power to heal and restore me is being mitigated on my end Because I'm not even willing to participate in loving as he loves, namely me. So we, I think we could all get it when we think, okay, I should love this person like Jesus loves that person. And this is, you should love yourself like Jesus loves you. Yeah. You know, when Jesus teaches, love your neighbor as yourself, Mm -hmm. sometimes I always think, don't do that because you're going to be mean to them. Instead, love yourself like you love your neighbor. You might have a better chance. If you're a nice person. <laughs> if you're a nice person, yeah. So like I'm thinking in in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, he says, did you not know that it is the kindness of God that leads to transformation? And we all go, no, we did not know that. <laughs> we thought it was the threats of hell. We thought that he was almighty and always right. But we didn't know it was his kindness And so what I learned from them was when I get angry now, I can say, I wonder why that's upsetting me so much. Like, 
it's okay to be angry. It means I was hurt or upset about something. But like, where's this coming from? And I've learned that really, really strong, um, strong, frequent emotional responses usually is your heart trying to get your attention. Mm -hmm. And they taught me how to pray with this to learn, oh, this is a similar dynamic of the way my dad related to me when I was younger and it really hurt me or a way my mom related to me. Not that my mom and dad are awful people, but they're not perfect. And when parents aren't perfect, they can hurt us. And if we don't offer kindness to the places we're in pain, they can never really be encountered or healed. And so Jesus said, would you join me on my rescue mission of your heart? And if you're going to join me, it's a mission of kindness and curiosity. That's just one of the many things they're not only going to teach from up here, but equip and help you walk into so your heart can open up and be healed. Which is the name of that book. Yeah, which is the name of the book we have here, which we're going to be doing in October. Jen Ricard from TOBCLE and myself will be teaching this Tuesday mornings and Tuesday nights. Check out the parish website or bulletin to find out more. But um, this book will help us begin that process. Just like anything, it's a new skill. But I just want to read this quote from Pope Benedict real quick about healing. Jesus's gaze, the touch of his heart, heals us, enabling us to become truly ourselves and thus totally of God. So how do you know you need healing? It's an interesting part at the end. I'm going to interrupt you. Yep. Do that last part. The It's in the book I closed, Tom. Oh. Jesus' heart heals us, enabling us to become truly ourselves and thus totally of God. Hmm. So that's what I was going to say is, how do you know you need healing in your life? I can ask you, does your whole identity speak of I am from and for God. And or is it more like I want to be someone else? Yeah, if I was more I like be them like them in this way, this way, this way, this way, this yeah. way. Or even if you don't have someone you want to be like, I don't like I don't want to be me. I don't like that I do this or have this or that. Jesus's look of love. It's not introspection. This isn't psychology. All right. This is not and that's not bad science. It's a wonderful thing, but it's not psychology. It's Jesus's look of love. It's always relationship with Jesus that restores and awakens. I am an unrepeatable image of God for God. And he's given me to the world, not as a problem, not as like, yeah, you have the 7 billion people. No, no. As an unrepeatable gift to the world. And that's only arrogant if I think I'm the only gift to the world. It's a beautiful truth if it's true of me and of you. And St. John of Avila says, if we can't find Christ in us, we can't find him in others. So we go around telling everyone, you're a gift, you're good, God loves you, you're an image of God. But if we don't really actually see it and understand it in ourselves, we're just saying slogans to the world rather than revealing what we see because we're sharing in God. And this is for everyone. Everyone can do this. Everyone can receive this. Everyone can participate in this. This isn't just for a select few. This group is so beautifully equipped to help everyone taste this and experience it. I imagine some some folks might think, okay, the sad, the painful parts in my past are in the past, and I'd like to leave them there. And 
I want to forgive and forget. Mostly forget. <laughs> so what's the difference between forgive and forget, whether or not that's right, and then forgive and redeem yeah. or be redeemed. Let yourself be redeemed. I uh, gave a talk to college students, uh, a retreat for them. And I told them this exact analogy. We like to think there was volume one of our lives, a lot of pain, maybe made, out of that pain, made a lot of bad choices. Then for some miraculous reason, we got our act together and started having a really good life. That'll be volume two then. And so we like to think volume one can stay on the shelf and I'll tell you everything about volume two. And there's something attractive about this idea. Look, new life. I'm doing good. I'm a good person. I'm moral now. I'm not, none of those other things are part of my life anymore. And it's true. That is awesome. But the real truth is there's only one volume of your life because you're one person. And when any of this tough stuff was going on in your life, things that happened to you and how that generated you living, chances are, there's some of the most beautiful graces waiting for you there. Here's just one example. And she gave me permission to tell her story. This poor woman that I'd worked with for a while, she had been abused when she was younger and uh, by a neighbor. And no one knew. She was afraid to tell anyone. And so about a year or so later, she starts like acting out with drugs and drinking. And her mom starts calling her names because she's a problem and a pain at home which isolates her all the more and confirms the lie that she believed that this happened to me because I'm bad and now my mom's calling me bad, I must be bad. And then this generated a whole way of living and a lot of rough stuff, really tough decisions she made that were really morally evil, but coming out of a heart that was so broken and in pain. As she began the healing journey, years into it of praying, learning to practice the things that this JP2 Institute, JP2 Healing Institute teaches, she discovered at the heart of this trauma that she wanted to forget and move on from, at the heart of it was a cry, am I seen? Does anyone think I'm beautiful? Does anyone think that I matter? When she discovered that that cry was crampled on and tucked away in that trauma, going with Jesus back there, he rescued that part of her heart so now she could feel it at her current age, in her 40s, and she was able then to start bringing it to God. She grew in intimacy with her spouse. She grew in great love of God and a peaceful gratitude for her friends and people around her. All of that was there always, but it couldn't touch and nourish the deepest parts of her because that was crumpled up in what she wanted to call volume one. Mm -hmm. But really, it was all one story. It's one person. So why go back there? Because there's richness and colors and textures of beauty and goodness and glory that God wants to awaken in you now. But in order to get there, we got to go back to get to those places. He never leads you into a place of futility or despair. He'll only lead you to green pastures. It's just the journey to the green pastures sometimes looks like East Cleveland at two in the morning which if you're not from Cleveland area, it's not a good place. <laughs> so folks who may think they moved on from something and maybe they have, and maybe that's good or bad. What can happen, not just when we start to believe those lies that other people speak to us or over us, but sometimes in some of those formative moments, uh, we can make 
a decision or make a commitment or make like a vow to ourselves. I'm never going to do this again, or I'm always going to. And those commitments and vows, that's what can link volume one and volume two, because we can still be living out of those inner vows, inner commitments that can be rooted in in untruth. Yeah, no, for sure. Tommy's using this language of uh, vows and things and the JP2 Healing Institute will use some of that, but pretty much there's a great like uh, kind of logical procession Dr. Bob discovered, Dr. Bob shoots. He says, we have a wound and it creates pain. From the pain emanates lies. So from the pain is fear and lies. We enter into agreement with these lies because they can either be felt lies or we're so young we didn't know. As we enter into agreement with these lies, we then don't want to feel the discouragement and pain of them. We don't want to feel the fear and the pain of the initial wound. So we start making vows to wall it all off. Okay. The vows are like categorical universals, meaning they're like, I will never trust men again. Or I will never be enough for a guy to be my best friend. Or I can never be seen. So I always have to hide in some way. The, the, the sentiment behind this are these universal like walls. This has to be walled off. And the reason we don't ever want to take those walls down is because we just think there's so much pain and fear behind them. But what Jesus does is brick by brick, he encourages us and loves us and gets back to these initial traumas with his love. And out of that place, what bursts forth are men who are both strong, like strong men who are tender. Women who are gentle and courageous. We don't have this bifurcated life anymore. It's this beautiful integration and restoration. And I've seen it happen in these two, Thursday, Friday, all day, Saturday. It's not that long. If you grand scheme of things, I've seen people's lives transformed. And I want that for the parish, for everyone here in early February. So tickets will go on sale a couple months before Correct. the event. So hop on it. Don't, Don't delay. delay. And as we said last video, people from all over the country want to go to these things. And sometimes JP2 Healing Institute isn't going to their diocese or any parish near them. So they'll say, hey, I have family in Cleveland. I'll make a week of it. I'll go there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, see my family. And then I'll go to this conference Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So the tickets will go quickly. And it's all sold through the JP2 Healing Institute website. We don't sell them. We just house the event. So we don't have control. We can't protect it for St. Basil's parishioners. It really is for anyone who wants to go. So that's why I want to make sure all of you know when it's happening so we can get on there right away. All right. Closing sort of question or invitation for an insight. Jesus dies, rises again. A couple days later, he comes to see the apostles. Thomas is out grocery shopping or playing bocce ball or something. Oh, he's Italian bocce ball. Yeah, for sure. And, and then he comes <laughs> back and Jesus shows up again and says, put your hand in my side, in my hands. So Jesus in his glorified body still has the signs of wounds. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he just come back as a perfectly fine body with no scars? Yeah. So the wounds on Jesus are wounds of love. They are the very place where he reveals, remember what I was willing to do for you. 
So put your hands here and feel, see, I did that for you. Not out of shame, right? But out of a great affection. Just want you to remember what I did. So because they're a sign of love, they're a sign of God, and therefore they're taken up into the glorified humanity of Jesus. It can be something similar for people in their stories, all right? This is what I mean. If you've never met anyone who's deep into a 12-step program, they've been sober for years. I remember the first time I met a guy in AA. He said, um, yeah, I lost my wife and kids and my job, and I hit rock bottom like 15 years ago and now, and they still kind of talk to me, but not really. I live on my own. I got a good job, though, and I'm now just going to this program to help other guys. He's like, and the thing I thank God for every single day was that I'm an alcoholic. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you not hear the first part of your sentence where the alcoholism destroyed your life? And he said, if I didn't hit that rock bottom or if I didn't have that breakthrough, if I didn't come to accept I have a problem, I would have never discovered the beauty of life I currently have. And so for him, his alcoholism is not a place of shame. It was the very place that he encountered God and God from that place generated a whole new life of peace, prayer, service, transformation. So he's not embarrassed about what happened to him anymore because that's what it took for me to be totally alive from God, or as we wrote, read in the quote from Pope Benedict, to be totally from God. And uh, I think it's a similar thing with everyone was when you start to realize that the greatest place of wounding in your lives, when Jesus draws that into friendship, it can also become the most beautiful blessing to yourself and others. And it's it becomes, a that's the death and resurrection, the transformation that can take place. No matter what the story, because if a person doesn't have abuse, addiction, trauma as part of their story. Yeah. You can have, maybe you didn't do anything, but you had a family member, a, a dad who died young and just the grief of it all. And you've never really had felt understood or cared for by God or someone said something lame to you when they died. And they're like, well, Jesus wanted them. And you're like, I don't care. I want my dad. I don't care if Jesus wanted him. And no one lets you share that anger, or that hurt or that mistrust you now had. could be something like that. It could be. Uh, decent life, and you just have always felt just a little insecure around the opposite sex or your own gender because you're like, I just don't feel enough of a man. I never played sports, or I never felt like I was the beautiful girl around women, and they talk about shopping, and I don't like that. And it's a place of insecurity. Jesus can bring peace, freedom, love, strength right in those places. And when we're freed from the insecurity, now we're able to really grow in the Christian life and virtue, holiness, and loving and blessing others. But we so often try to run and look externally like we're loving and blessing others, but our hearts have not yet received Jesus deep enough for him to be doing it through us. Yeah, one, one, uh, would this also, also be something? Like maybe you've got your coaches and your parents and your teachers are just like, excel, work. Mm perform, then you'll be the great student, then I'll be proud of you, then you'll get the promotion. And so there's not this huge, devastating, teary story, but you can begin to think, I'll finally be loved and accepted uh, if I work hard enough. So they just yeah. crush it. What Tommy's, bringing, yeah. what Tommy's bringing up right now is so important that all of us hear is just that this isn't just for we want to call them level 10 stories of wounds. Living in a fallen, broken world like we do, even just the way we're formed and culture and people around us, once you're this, then I'll reward you with love and approval and acceptance. So we start to think, 
in and of myself, I'm not a gift. I'm not lovable. In and of myself, I'm a, maybe one day if I'm this, then I could be those things. And so work harder, get better grades, run faster, work longer hours, and then you'll be enough to get attention. And then we say, God, he's probably like my teachers, coaches, parents. And you might have even heard the scriptures that way. Like you hear the baptism story, the baptism of Jesus, you are my beloved son, with you I delight. And we tell people, this is what God's saving over all of you. And you think, well, not me. I haven't gone to church perfectly. I don't pray rosaries. I don't do all, I have all these moral issues. We think, well, maybe if I did all that, then I would be able to, then God would say that about me. And it's the other way around. God wants to love you as you are. And when you discover he's wild about you as you are, now you're freed up from that lie that I have to do something to become good. Oh, you've made me good. Now I'm freed up. Now I'm actually able to grow. Yeah, very good according to the book of Genesis. Right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Now I'm actually able to really grow because it's out of freedom. It's not out of pleasing or earning. It's out of No, I just want to manifest and grow in the goodness I've already been given. And so no matter where you find yourself, no one makes it through this world longer than maybe not even a year without feeling hurt, rejected, needs unmet, and not enough. And so what we need is Jesus, Mary, Joseph, St. John Paul II, and we need to be willing to do radical things to get the radical healing. And what is the radical things? It's going to cost a little money and cost a little time, but you'll put yourself in a position to be encountered by the living God. Just like the wise men, right? I think about this all the time. Wise men had to do a long journey in order to encounter Jesus and their whole life was different because of it. And same thing with us. We have to sacrifice. We have to make a little effort so that we can be in a position where we can let Jesus enter in because he only brings life, love, and healing. He never hurts and destroys. He only goes to places that are already in hurt to bring about peace, but he doesn't wound. That's not our God. Mm -mm. He was wounded and now he heals. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're our pastor, you're our shepherd, you're our father, and you're asking us to very, very strongly consider coming. Please. So we should take that seriously and not just because you think it's good, but you've experienced it. Absolutely. And starting, we're recording this video in late August. Starting right now, I have groups of contemplative nuns praying for our parish for that retreat. So we are, you are being prayed for already so that there's graces flowing and moving so that there's nothing going to get in the way of us. Thanks be to God, now and forever. Amen. God bless you.